0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our college pastor, Jonathan de Jesus. Buenos dias. Hola. How's everybody doing? Good, all right, let's get this started. Um, so my topic today is biblical community, and I don't think um, I can proceed without first stopping and pausing to pray. Um, many in our community are hurting um, because of a loved one, a loss of a loved one because loved ones are sick, and so if you wouldn't mind, I want to actually begin to practice this as a community, so I want to start by praying together. Does that sound good? All right, for some of you, just join in. Father, Lord, I am just, Lord, my heart is heavy because we have brothers and sisters, Lord, who are hurting this morning, hurting because a loved one has passed and um, hurting because a loved one is sick or a friend is sick. And So God, we, we don't want to just say we are a biblical community. We want to live this out practically. So Father, we come before you in prayer because God, you have taught us to pray. You've shown us what it means to pray. Lord, I am standing here because of prayer. Lord, remind us of this truth today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, we kicked off a series last week um, entitled Fine Print, um, and it's all about what it means to kind of understand our role and how our role plays in the kingdom of God and in our local body here at Northridge. Um, My topic, again, is biblical community, and my hope is that we will learn practical steps to take to be able to move closer to becoming a more biblical community here at Northridge. Now... I want to kind of say, I'm sorry to all our kudzu folks. Um, you're going to hear something that I have constantly telling you over and over and over and over. So I apologize, college students that are here that have been a part of our ministry for a while. My bad. <laughs> so I want to start with this. this is about six years ago, um, I watched a video um, by Simon Sinek, who's a TED Talk um, guy, he, he kind of writes books, and it was on this topic, why, and we'll throw it up here in a second, but why, why what, why is the most important thing of an organization, where an organization starts, it shouldn't be the how or the what, but the why, why does that organization do what it does, Why does that organization run the business or whatever it is that they're doing the way it does? And I watched this video and it kind of transformed the way I now do my life and run my life. I run it through that lens, the why lens. Why am I doing what I am doing? Why are we doing what we are doing as an organization? And so I want to ask this question. What is Northridge's why? If you went online, and you went to the About Us, you'll see our mission statement. Our mission statement says, we exist to help people move closer to Jesus. That is our why. As an organization, we want to help others move closer to Jesus. But I want to kind of look at it from a different perspective today. I want us to understand that we cannot help others move closer to Jesus if we ourselves are not moving in that direction. If we are not growing and moving toward Jesus, we cannot help anybody else. Move closer to Jesus. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a author, writer, theologian, pastor, said this. When Christ calls a man to follow, he beckons him to come and die. What it means is that when you and I are called to follow Jesus, become followers of Jesus, we are called to leave everything we know behind so that we can put on Christ our will, our desires now become God's will, God's desires. Our heart becomes his heart. When we hear the language followers of Jesus, I think it can kind of drift into our mind because we hear it constantly and daily. Be a follower. Become a follower. And you're like, okay, that's great, but what does that mean? Well, In short, I think it means that the word follower or or disciple of Jesus means to learn how to be an apprentice of Christ Jesus. The word Talmudian literally means apprentice. So when the Great Commission was given, go and make disciples of all nations, what does he say? Go and make more apprentices of who? Of Jesus. Not me or you. Of Jesus. I, a couple years ago when I came on staff here, I wanted to do things differently I wanted to run our college ministry instead of it being um, just another uh, a great ministry. I wanted it to be a discipleship ship, pretty much. I wanted it to be a tool where we can now make disciples. And so I kind of talk about it in this way: we surround ourselves, or we have three goals, which is be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Be with Jesus, become like him, and do what Jesus did. Now, that sounds simple, but that's actually an entire life's pursuit. It's not just an event that'll happen on Sunday, but rather a way of life in community around the teachings of Jesus daily. To live this way means we need to be transformed from the inside out. Can this authentic, deep character change be a reality? Yes, but, but it only happens through the teachings, the practice, and the community of Christ Jesus. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors, writes this, spiritual formation in the tradition of Jesus Christ is the process of transformation of the inmost dimension of the human being, the heart, which is the same as the spirit or the will. It is being formed, really transformed in such a way that its natural expression comes to be the deeds of Christ done in the power of Christ. It means that we live our lives and we do what we do in Christ and through the power of Christ. So how do we become a more biblical community? Well, as we grow closer to God, I begin to have a heart that is like God's. I believe we must build on the foundation that was left behind for us to follow. I think there are beautiful uh, um, kind of blueprints that we can see and begin to understand how the early followers, how the disciples of Jesus began to live their lives and the impact that it left behind. Our passage today is a very simple passage. It is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. If you have a Bible, this is what it says. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. They, who is they? The apostles and the early followers. You see, this passage comes right after the, uh, what's called Pentecost, right after the Spirit descends. And all of a sudden, the believers are now filled with the Spirit of God. And they are now uh, uh, living and practicing everything Jesus had commanded them. The disciples, the apostles, lived with Jesus for three years. They understood what he did, what he loved, what he talked about. They began to listen, and now they see Jesus die. Spoiler alert. But I got another one. He came back to life. And then they were empowered by the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, and they began to live this out daily. Daily. The early church was known for four activities that we should be foundational, that we should be foundational for our kingdom-minded local church. The first, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves to evangelism. The first, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, is believers learn God's perspective. They learned what it meant to live their lives as as obedient followers of Christ. And what it meant for them, it was ultimately that as they began to obey and live faithfully with Jesus and what he commanded, they began to grow spiritually. But not just spiritually, but also physically. They began to grow as a community of believers. So this word, devotion, what does it mean? Well, the Cambridge Dictionary says this. Devotion is loyalty and love or care for someone or something. All right, I'm going to give y'all some brownie points. Fellas, raise your hand if you're married and you love your wife. Keep your hand up if you are devoted to her. Some of y'all are like, "Mm, I don't know about that. That may have been a bad idea. All right, put your hand down. Ladies, if you are married... Raise your hand if you are devoted and love your husband. Okay? Awesome. Put your hand down. With that same mindset, I know for some of you, are like, well, I don't have a lady. Look, all right, listen. Some of you, raise your hand if you love pizza. Yeah, same, same thing. You're devoted to pizza. I get it. It happens. But it's with this type of devotion Right? That I want us to understand what it means to become a biblical community. When you translate the word um, devotion from its original language, it means to be or to exist. To be or to exist with what? To be or to exist with Christ, His mission for the world. They devoted themselves to Christ, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to every word Jesus had said. They existed under that teaching, and they wanted to do that in their lives daily. It means that the early church fell in love with Jesus' why, his big why. The the early church said, we want to do that. We want to believe in that. We want to live that out in our daily lives. John Mark Comer, a pastor and author, says this about being with Jesus. He says, our primary goal as followers of Jesus is is learning to live in a constant state of connection to the Spirit. This is how we are able to be with Jesus. We must invite him in every moment and learn from him in all places and in two places at once. He says, at home and with Jesus. At work and with Jesus. In our commute and with Jesus. He says, bring in the presence of Jesus into your routine and your daily life. Because when we do that, we experience the life of Jesus, and we begin to adopt his lifestyle. My first point is simple. Be with Jesus. To be with Jesus means to spend time with him in his word, to learn how to sit still at the feet of Christ, to understand that we, you and I, are called to be with him so that our minds can be renewed by them, by him, daily, daily. It means that we are to ask him to join us in our daily lives, that his presence would be with us wherever we go and with whatever ordinary task we have at hand. The simple and practical step for us to do this today, for us to learn how to grow and become a biblical community, is to first understand the importance of being devoted to God. I think in our Western culture, what happens is that we have allowed our devotion to be swayed and taken by every little thing that comes. I'm about to step on some toes, I'm sorry. A lot of us in the South, our devotion has become a college team, or our devotion has become where we vote, or how we live our lives, or my family, or my work, those are good things, don't get me wrong, but your devotion cannot be to those if you are to become a biblical community. If you are to have a heart like Christ, it must be devoted back to Christ. And so our hearts must be permeated by him because in me, being with Jesus, what happens is that my heart begins to be transformed and now my heart is for people. So how do we grow in a community? Well, my devotion is back with God, I will love people the way God loves people. Here are some practical steps to being with Jesus. Not an exhaustive list, just practical. Step one, spend time in scripture. Ooh, that's good. Step two, spend time in prayer. That's another good one. Number three, I think this one is kind of hard. Take time to sit in silence. Some of you are fidgeting right now. Like, oh, stop! Number four, spend some time out in creation. Why? Because when we step outside, the creation is ultimately pointing to a creator, and so we will be reminded of the beauty of God himself. Number five, spend some time in worship. Spend some time in worship. Sit at his feet and praise his name. We must learn to have a heart like Christ so that we can learn how to live like Christ. Next, the next thing we see is not only that the early followers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, but they devoted themselves to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. The early church teaches us that they devoted themselves to becoming more like Jesus. They show us what it looks like to become molded into the image of Christ. Number two, my second point is this, this, become like Jesus. To become like Jesus, you must be increasingly possessed and permeated by the character traits of Christ. You have to allow yourself to be transformed from the inside out as you work to become like Jesus daily. Daily. It means that every day I have to make a conscious decision, am I going to pick up my cross today or am I going to pick up my selfish needs before others? The next thing we see is that they committed themselves to becoming more like Jesus. They devoted themselves to fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Let me say a quick word on these. First, fellowship means koinonia. It means a close association between people. They had something in common between them. What was it? Jesus And so they began to to devote themselves daily to rubbing shoulders with one another, saying, I want to do life with you, and you want to do life with me. Yeah, we may be selfish, we may be broken, but something we have in common is that we've both been saved by Christ Jesus. I've been free because of what Jesus has done for me. They broke bread together. It says that they took time to eat with one another. They shared communion together. They sat at the table to remember what Jesus did for them daily. Not once a month. Not once a week. Daily. And then it says prayer. They prayed together Richard Foster says that the primary purpose of prayer is to bring us into such a life of communion with the Father that we are conformed into the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. I borrowed this from Richard Foster as well. He says, prayer does four things. Prayer drives us, prayer draws us, prayer invites us, and then prayer leads us. Prayer drives us to what? Into holy obedience. The primary purpose of prayer is to bring us into such a life of communion, meaning I now know God and he knows me better than I've ever known myself. Prayer draws us, draws us into what? Into trust, to believe in who he is, to trust the words that come out of his mouth. That trust defeats the spirit of climb, push, and shove. When I trust in God, I am set free from the bondage of fear. Prayer invites us into what? Into compassion, to have a heart like Jesus. It invites me and invites you when I pray, when I seek the Father, when I come to his feet, to have a heart like his, to love the poor, to love the broken, to love the downtrodden, to love the religious elite, to have a heart like Christ. And then lastly, prayer leads us into conquest. It enables us, prayer enables us to wage the peaceable war of the Lamb against the principalities of this world. Here are some practical steps to becoming like Jesus. Spend time with your community group. If you don't have a community group, step two is for you. Find a community group. Number three, eat with your community group. Don't just say hello, goodbye, things are going well. No, sit down and eat with them because it is in that process that you'll begin to build a relationship with them. Number four, slow down. We live in such a fast-paced world. Slow down. Number five, meet with people and do life with them. Number six, go out of your way to see people made in the image of God. Number seven, practice Sabbath with one another or one of your families in your community group. I know this sounds crazy, sounds drastic and out there, this is what the early church did. This is what the early followers of Jesus They said, look, we can't just talk the talk, but we actually have to walk this out daily. Lastly, we see that in, in verse 47, a little bit down from chapter two, it says that they, their numbers began to grow daily. Everyone in that community was involved with evangelism. It meant that they began to live it out. They began to have a boldness to speak to others the love of Jesus, the transformation of Jesus, what Christ had done for them, and they said, I cannot contain this to myself, I must give this away. If we are to become a biblical community, not only do we sit at Jesus' feet and become more like him, but we have to go out and speak like him as well. Why, because that same spirit that is in me is the same spirit that was in Christ. My last and final point is this, do what jesus did you see they lived their lives in such a way that others were left in awe of who they were they marveled at what that community was doing they said we want that they began to do what jesus did which means they lived like jesus for the christian heaven is not the goal It's a destination. The goal is that Christ be formed in me, to steal the words of Paul in Galatians 4.19. And to the Romans, he says, look, those whom God foreknew, he also predestined for what? To be conformed into the image of his son. And in the Corinthians, in the letter to the Corinthians, he says, all of us with unveiled faces seeing the glory of the Lord as through the reflectedness in our mirror. Mirror who? Who do we reflect? Christ in our daily lives. We are being transformed into the same image. So the the daring goal of the Christian life could be summarized as this, that we are constantly being formed and conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And the wonder is all that Christ be made in me and permeate in me himself so that others may see him, not me. He, Jesus, was the way. And He has provided that way so that we would follow that way and live in that way. Here are some practical steps to do what Jesus did eat and drink with fellow believers and non believers, pray with one another. Go and make disciples of Jesus. Seek justice. Stand up against religious and political corruption. Teach the way of Jesus. Become a peacemaker. Live your life out of love. Jesus lived his life in such a way that in just three years, in just three years he transformed his disciples and they transformed their community. And here we are 2,000 plus years later talking about that. Because that community took it serious to be with him, to become more like him, and to do what he did. My sermon in a sentence is this. We become more like Jesus when our devotion is refocused back to God and each other. When our devotion is realigned to to pursue God, to sit at his feet and to just be permeated with him, my heart is transformed. And so my heart can no longer be the same. And so now my heart is not only for God, but it's for other people. That's what it means to become a biblical community. That our devotion will be realigned back to God. And so, in so doing, He will do the hard work that needs to be done in me and transform my heart so that I can love you. So that I can love others. So that I can care for others. Simple. Yet it's gonna require your life, your whole life, to put it into practice. Pray with me. Father, as we begin to think through what this means, how do we become a biblical community? Well, to be devoted to you, to realign our devotion back to you. And in so doing, God, you begin to work in us and give us a heart like yours, that we would become more like you, not more like myself. I don't want to make more disciples that look like Jonathan because that is pointless. I want to make more disciples that look like Christ Jesus. His love. His work in the world. Father, we need you. We need to have a heart for you and your kingdom. Lord, as we grow in devotion to you, may we not forsake the growing in devotion to one another. To sit with one another, to share with one another, to love, to cry with one another, to carry each other's burdens. God, let us be with you. Let us become like you, and then let us go out and do what you did in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.